0: To ride in one horse open okay, I wish the news was as jolly as the music this afternoon. As we mentioned off the top of the show, Quebec has just broken a record for the highest, highest daily provincial COVID case count in Canada. Over 5,000 today. 5,043 new cases being reported in Quebec. Meantime, here in Ontario, 3,453 new cases with a positivity rate of almost 10 percent and the doctor is in on a special day there's just so much news regarding covid and omicron that we have brought in vaccine researcher family physician dr iris gorfinkel usually joins us on a wednesday but she joins us here on this tuesday here on global news radio dr gorfinkel good afternoon
1: good afternoon jeff
0: Okay, let's start with this uh, case count. Uh, the numbers, both in Quebec, as I mentioned, over 5,000, nearly 3,500 new COVID cases here in Ontario. How much do these
1: numbers concern you? So tremendously. Omicron is fast on its way to becoming Canada's main variant. Consider that Delta still outnumbers Omicron about 19 to 1 in Canada as a whole. But that's only for now. You know, Quebec is seeing that huge uptake. Cases have been identified in every province. As of two days ago, the Northwest Territories included. None of it has a case. And how is that possible, considering that Canada just had its first case two weeks ago, if you can believe it? What turned it into reality is Omicron. It is probably one of the most contagious viruses we have ever seen. Period.
0: Yeah, and not only the case counts, but talk to us, if you could, about the positivity rate at almost 10%.
1: Yeah, it's tremendous because what that tells us is Omicron is tremendously transmissible. And we used to think, oh, it's, it's just because of all the differences in the spike protein. But what's interesting is that it is, it's also the incubation period. In other words, from the time somebody is exposed to the time they have symptoms, it's much less. So the original virus, well, that took five to six days to get symptoms, Omicron, it just takes a few days. Delta took four days. But the fact of the matter is we can't even rely on symptoms when it comes to testing because we know that tests are a little more reliable when people have symptoms. But there's a whole going on. Vaccines are less effective. You know, what we're seeing here is that it's far more transmissible. And we also still are unsure just how sick it's going to make people.
0: Well, that's my very next question. Let's talk about symptoms and severity. Do we know any more at all about just how sick Omicron is making people, doctor?
1: Well, that's the million-dollar question. South Africa has told us, you know, the uh, hospitalization rate for Omicron is about one-third less. That made us feel like, wow, fantastic. Maybe it's less severe. But the problem is their population is far younger than ours. Their median age is only 27. Here it's 41, so we already know that young people tend to be hospitalized much less. So that's another possible explanation, not just that Omicron is less, less disease-provoking, but it may be simply because they have a younger population than ours. Another big difference is South Africa has seen 7 out of 10 already have natural exposure and that has nothing to do with what's happening here in Canada, where most of us come by immunity through vaccination.
0: How long does Omicron, I think you mentioned a couple of days a moment ago, that's how long it takes to kind of take hold, if you will, and make you sick. Uh, what sort of symptoms should people be looking for, Dr. Gorfinkel? Is it similar to uh, Delta?
1: Well, the time that a person is exposed to the time that they actually get symptoms, the best data we have, says it's about three days. So for Delta, it used to be a little longer, four days. But what's fascinating is that one in three people with Omicron have no symptoms whatsoever. And that's according to the UK's public health website. So the most common symptoms when it comes to Omicron, they're actually a little different than, it, than with Delta. So with Omicron, it, it acts more like a common cold, runny nose, sneezing, sore throat, headache, and fatigue. You know, so that information was just published in the British Medical Journal two days ago. And compare that to Delta, more fever, more cough, more loss of smell or taste. But the problem that we're dealing with here is that it's not necessarily one or the other. We can have a co-pandemic of two variants. There's nothing out there that says it has to be one, you know, which is it's, it's super concerning what's happening, actually.
0: They're so kind of like what we talked about earlier on in the pandemic, a, a twindemic. Is that what we could be seeing here with uh, instead of the flu and COVID? Now we're talking just different strains of COVID, Delta and Omicron?
1: Well, right now, that's certainly what we're seeing. You know, consider it, we're still mostly Delta. But if we look to other countries, what we've seen is that Omicron rapidly takes over. And that could be what's going to happen here. But that's not at all a given. It's possible we could be dealing with a twinemic. But whatever you want to call it, a one-demic or a twin-demic, the problem is that it doesn't take many cases in our highly vaccinated population to overwhelm our hospitals. That's the big thing. So say we're dealing with a vaccine efficacy of around 75%. Well, people who are vaccinated can still transmit the disease huge problem. It is largely a pandemic of the unvaccinated when it comes to hospitalizations and when it comes to ICUs. But it doesn't take many patients at all to completely hose us when it comes to our hospitals and ICUs.
0: But if the symptoms are less, would that tell us anything at all, if the symptoms of Omicron are less than uh, Delta when it comes to hospitalization, that hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, that this is milder and will not lead to significant uh, uh, significant rise Sorry, in hospitalization? And uh, when will we know if we're in the clear when it comes to uh, hospital capacity and hospitalization? Is that another month, another couple of months? Uh, do we know when we'll be maybe in the clear?
1: Well, consider South Africa has the biggest lug up on everyone else, simply because that disease, Omicron, has been there for seven weeks now. How long has it been in Canada? Two weeks. How long has it been, say, in Norway, Denmark, the UK? We're talking three weeks. So the problem is we don't have the data. Why? Because hospitalization, to really get a good grip on how severe the disease is going to be, You need at least two weeks from the time that you have a lot of cases, right? So if it's only been there for three weeks, it's spreading like wildfire. You'd think the numbers would be high. No, the numbers are just starting to climb with hospitalization. So we actually don't know just how sick it will make a person. And that's what makes us so worried. You know, generally speaking, people, the sensibility is it's going to make people as sick as Delta. Probably. It's probably not going to be a huge difference. And, you know, for all of our talk about hospitalization, it's interesting how the talk about long COVID just seems to have gone the way of the dodo. No one even talks about it. But that's a serious issue with a disease that's affecting millions of people. And so rapidly, like to get an idea, so look at Delta. Delta used to spread to one other person, right? So one person has it, it goes to two, it goes to four, it goes to eight. Consider Omicron. This is data from Ontario's advisory table. It goes from one person to five, from five to 25, from 25 to 125 in the same time period. That's so, what makes it the most contagious virus we've probably ever seen. It's
0: certainly uh, concerning, uh, without a doubt. But what are you hearing? Can you give us a snapshot when it comes to Ontario hospitals right now, ICUs and ICU capacity? Wondering, Dr. gorfinkel if you heard anything from your colleagues, as to uh, just what the capacity is right now, and just how our healthcare heroes, they're faring and doing right now, because, you know, we're hearing a lot, justifiably so, about burnout uh, from, you know, earlier waves of the pandemic, and, uh, you know, a lot of healthcare workers buckling down, getting ready for uh, this uh, next wave, this Omicron wave.
1: I think we have to be very cautious about what is around the corner from us. Understand, Omicron has only been... In Canada, the first cases were identified just over two weeks ago. About two weeks ago. So that's not enough to have a tremendous impact on our hospitals yet. We are on the cusp of that happening. Ask me the same question in two weeks and you'll probably have a very different answer. I'm hoping by virtue of our being such a vaccinated population that the numbers will stay low. Because we know you got two shots, you're probably not going to get hospitalized. Because two vaccines, even if you don't have that booster, two vaccines work very well to keep hospitalizations low. But three vaccines really lock that in. So if you take a look at data, say, from the CDC, this is the Centers for Disease Control that just came out, the difference is it clearly demonstrates people who are unvaccinated are the people who generally get hospitalized. They're generally the ones, and I hate to say it, but who will die from the disease. The vaccines are still highly, highly effective, but the big problem is, is transmission and also the number of cases, because if you have booster shot, you're 75% protected against getting the disease, which is which is tremendous, right? Mm-hmm. But we're still gonna see a huge number of breakthroughs.
0: All right, speaking of booster shots, gotta step aside and take a quick break. When we come back, we'll ask Dr. Gorfinkel, is there a particular booster shot that is better than the others? Is there one that gives the best protection when it comes to Omicron? We'll talk about that and so much more. More ahead here with Dr. Gorfinkel after break here on Global News Radio.